everybody, welcome to the second episode of Alchemist Podcast, which is an extension of the blog Alchemist in the Making. And today, our episode, we still explore what architecture is. I have my friend here, Isabella Alvarado, or known as Bella. Hi! <laughs> and so, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name's Bella. I've been friends with Kim for six years now, started off in first year and made it almost all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah. except mm-hmm. Bella had to take one year, one gap year, I guess. Yeah, I took a part, I did it part-time. That's okay, but we just finished, so yeah, yeah. congratulations on that. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Well, in celebrating our accomplishments, five and six years of architecture study, mm-hmm. we'll just take a trip down memory lane on <laughs> our last project. Wow, I graduated yesterday and you already got me down like memory lane. It doesn't hurt, right? Yeah, I know, it's perfect too. timing, I think. Yeah, there's a lot we can talk about because it's interesting how the two of us had a similar journey towards architecture, if sure. I remember correctly, where we wanted to do fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, however, somehow our parents cleverly influenced yeah. us to get into architecture. So I guess just a little quick recap to going back to first year now. What was your first impression of architecture before you even went into architecture school? My first impression Mm. that I knew was nothing of what I thought it was when I was in high school. Like, it was completely, like, shattered. Like, I totally thought I'd be, like, counting bricks or something. But (laughs) I think, well, we had the first task where we were just making sculptural things. And Mm. that kind of, like, oh, wow, Mm. this is not what I thought it would be. But I was, like, relieved because that's along the lines of what I was hoping to do Mm. yeah I had a very different opinion of architecture I think because I was introduced to architecture relatively late in the game Mm -hmm. I think it was year 11 or just before went into year 11 when we had to choose all the subjects for VCE I just kept thinking I've never drawn buildings before I've never Mm -hmm. drawn backgrounds there was always new characters but ironically enough I still had to think of landscapes and such with stories and I think what helped was because I was really interested in understanding how the backdrops like stage production design and that led me into architecture but Mm. yeah similar to you I thought I had to learn to draw skyscrapers straight away and that Mm. was completely out the window which is strange because our first project of doing a collage of our bedroom (laughs) right the antithesis to a skyscraper became super personal Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and how I will never forget how one of our classmates actually confronted the tutor during the presentation what was the point of doing college of our bedroom I'll never forget about that it's like you can stand up to your tutor straight away in week one I don't have the guts to do that I mean I sliced my finger in first week oh my week. god oh no I remember that <laughs> holy shit oh yeah you did and I remember we were rushing to the to the bathroom yeah oh god oh god yeah yeah that was good times of going into architecture but good times right? I'm gonna have to ask you after this podcast who said that comment about <laughs> what okay. was the point of doing a collage of our bedroom yeah I think it wasn't just collage but it was like the models so uh-huh. it was when we first start off It was getting to know the space of our bedroom, right? And I remember being introduced to all the orthographic drawings, which I have no idea what they were because they were just saying, start off by doing elevations Mm -hmm. and then doing all your sections. And I'm thinking, so elevations, if you're telling me to see one side of the wall, I literally tunnel visioned my Mm -hmm. view. So I didn't do the whole wall. (laughs) I only did what was in front of me. So if I put my arm out, it's 
60 oh, centimeters right. so i only drew 60 centimeters oh. of my vision and then when my tutor said yeah if you've drawn them all you can just put them together i'm thinking yeah oh i don't really want to redo my work but i have mm-hmm. to now mm-hmm. i see yeah so what was your experience like for you in first year i drew the exercise that we've done together mm-hmm. i like weirdly have this opinion where i think first year was like my favorite year mm-hmm. for some reason mm. it was just kind of like that sweet spot where you weren't imbued with so much academic architecture but you were really encouraged to like forget what you thought architecture was and just mm. develop a new definition mm. so the question was what was my yeah how thing? did it feel when I guess to let everybody know what our first year education was we had to understand the space of our bedroom so we had to do a collage of our bedroom by taking a lot of photos of different mm. things and put it together followed by making a model out mm. of it yeah then casting it with concrete you did concrete right I did plaster oh yeah because yeah. yeah, your plaster looked like concrete yeah, for some like, reason yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then cast it with either concrete plaster I did wax mm. and then using that block of negative space Mm -hmm. and then creating three really abstract models Mm -hmm. in either timber plastic and metal prioritizing different directions Mm -hmm. or circulations Mm -hmm. and I think because I never did you didn't do viscom did you I did okay so you did viscom so I don't know if that aided you oh totally (laughs) okay for me I did none of that my school was very very traditional so I only did fine arts which is why I think theory was a lot easier for me to pick up Mm -hmm. whereas in comparison when people said do a timber model focusing on the horror horizontal direction mm. i had no idea what they were talking right. about right now that you look back into it like that's still a pretty abstract task for someone who's not used to that Mm-mm. yeah and so so by extension i think learning the poetics of architecture in first year is super integral and like mm. you can only really pick that up by just doing these random little pointless like mm. in talking points these pointless tasks of casting negative space of your bedroom yeah yeah they don't do that anymore no really yeah they don't so just even looking observing what second semester of first year is like just seeing them they do something similar but it's now in the context of the site looking Mm. in the site context which is oh that's a shame I think that's a shame really (laughs) yeah to like just bulldoze into architecture to think about you know the site the context obviously they're completely like valid you'll have to deal with that for the rest of your life but it was just so nice to have just a pure simple innocent task of casting the negative space of your bedroom Mm. oh I thought that's sad (laughs) yeah I think I don't know looking back at it I think it didn't make sense of first semester Mm -hmm. but jumping straight into second semester looking at the task when our tutor telling us to draw we need two sections of this at 1 to 50 Mm -hmm. and then elevation somehow everything made sense Mm -hmm. altogether oh fair enough fair enough yeah the first semester was finding the grounding and the foundations which thankfully I'm very grateful that I've somehow managed to pick everything up along Mm -hmm. the lines of it even though it was very difficult for Mm -hmm. me but then it's hard when people who I'm not sure if it's hard for those who didn't do art or have a visual type as a background because there were Mm. a few of us who got into architecture without doing any Mm. fine arts or whatsoever Mm. and so for them I can't imagine how whether it was easy for them to pick it up or it's hard to pick it up especially when architecture is a completely different category in itself completely yeah somebody should have a dictionary of architectural terms thank you I know just an architectural language 
book because like I remember when tutors would throw around like airy fairy sentences like the dialogue between buildings and mm. I remember thinking to myself as someone who enjoys that poetic side of architecture mm. I remember thinking what the hell are they talking about the dialogue between buildings they're buildings they don't talk like <laughs> but maybe you should invite someone who is a bit more pragmatic and wasn't aware of that essence of architecture into your podcast as I would want to like hear what their thoughts were it would be a huge debating session oh, oh I don't yeah know. I don't know I don't know whether I want to defend anything or yeah, I just let true. them speak because this would be a very interesting panel oh. discussion if that actually happened uh yeah I think if anything it was therapeutic not having to design a building mm-hmm. but then eventually even though they told us in first year where I'll never forget this it's like saying you're not designing a building okay we get it then don't tell us to say you need a place that's called entrance and then mm. you need transition space and circulation mm. because I still feel those words have associated themselves with a building and that the word even the word building itself is now is such a big stigma mm. in our profession mm-hmm. because I find myself especially when I'm just writing about architecture in general I tend to avoid the word building I'll just replace it with architecture instead I just see it as either a skyscraper mm-hmm. if not it's four walls and mm-hmm. a ceiling and a floor mm-hmm. and then to suddenly hear all this transition space it's similar to thinking of a kitchen and a bathroom mm-hmm. there's so much association that it's very hard for us to step away and challenge it especially when we're so used to the conventions of one thing yeah. that you're just thinking so if you're telling me to redefine a kitchen does that mean I suddenly decide to change that kitchen one day should be a bathtub and that kitchen is a place for cleansing uh, uh-huh. instead and that would be a very whacked project yeah that would be that. a very intense interrogation like you'd have to employ so many strategies to kind of tweak and tweak your position or mm. what you really want to say versus like what you have on paper hopefully no one ever asked that. yeah because mm-hmm. my favorite question to ask when I'm very bored and then I guess there's no answer to is how do words become words remember mm-hmm. how I said who decided for example I'm looking at right now a pair of sunglasses is called sunglasses mm-hmm. and how do you call I guess a chair a chair why do oh. you define those things I mean do you know that that artwork uh what's it called the Joseph Kosuth artwork three in chairs like there's Oh, is it the one writing the chairs? chairs? I think there was a tutor who actually used that artwork yes, and did yes. that for a studio as well. Ben and Colby or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that artwork's super interesting because when I was studying that one so basically it's an artwork where you have an actual chair in front of you Mm -hmm. which is a physical chair Mm. and you have on the wall a definition of the word chair Mm -hmm. and then there's a photograph of the chair so Mm -hmm. you have three versions of a chair and neither is like more of a chair than the other chair precisely that's like getting really airy-fairy but to like go back to your thing like how do words become words I really like etymology like how Mm. words became that thing yeah 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 so interesting who decided on that and how did that came it's the same with languages as Uh well and then grammar Uh and I think going off topic here but I remember somewhere on my Facebook I think they just found out I was looking at spoilers for Game of Thrones (laughs) and then there was one segment I never wrote it but I should where they talked about how those linguists people who make up the language so Mm -hmm 
to think of dictating what the grammar is going to be, dictating mm-hmm. what type of words and how to pronounce things, the mm-hmm. phonetics of it. Mm-hmm. That's something. That's an art in itself. It is. It's really contributing so much to like the history of an object or a word. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. so true. If I remember correctly, in high school, we used to have this competition where a few of my friends were in it and they're given these sentences in foreign languages and they've given a cheat sheet that has no association with the sentence whatsoever. Uh-huh. So it would be, for example, the sentence will be in Russian, for example and then it says I want a glass of milk Mm -hmm. but then the cheat sheet that they're given will be numbers one to five and you have to try and figure it out how to translate it Uh with numbers as a translation but not knowing what the sentence is oh my god that sounds like like mental warfare yeah yeah they did and when they went to I forgot which Scandinavian country they went to to Mm. do the competition they did pretty well because I think they managed to get one word in the end because they Mm. were in the top of the top so That was really impressive because what mm-hmm. managed to get them to send there was they managed to beat the other team by one more word. So I think mm-hmm. they managed to successfully decode the third word, whereas the other team did too. <laughs> so it was such a tight competition. So how do they decode using the cheat sheet? I think it might be the grammar format or just somehow the way they've typed up certain words that it might make sense. Uh-huh. Keep in mind, guys, this was ages ago, so I can't remember the full <laughs> details of uh-huh. it. But I just remember how... Like now that we're talking about languages itself, it's so strange how we managed to, as an architecture, as an occupation itself, mm-hmm. that we managed to invent certain terms. Mm. And while we have the generic ones, I don't know who decided to give us really complex ones. And I'll mm-hmm. be sitting there and like just thinking, this is embarrassing. I'm studying architecture and I have no idea what you're talking I about. I mean, like architecture makes up so much things yeah. hold up like, can I <laughs> yeah. swear probably yeah. not uh, yeah I will okay. just no no well, I won't okay. <laughs> we, we just make up so many things and forget that like people have spent their entire life perfecting it architecture gets to like you know just reap all the benefits of so many great things like mm-hmm. science and art and whatever and like mm. appropriate it for their own self mm-hmm. do people still invent words today i think we do because i do know you know how collins always have word of the year Mm. it's really disturbing when they put lingos in there for example i think selfie was the word of the year that one and then you post truth became yeah the next one and then what was it again the duck milkshake or something yeah Yeah, so the duck milkshake was saying we we support this person because he's really great the way they he or she is really Mm. great in the way they portray their themselves in the social Mm. media it's like very charitable and all and then Next thing you know, somebody successfully digs up a part of the past. Oh, they're racist, so we're not supporting this anymore. So that's the milkshake duck or duck milkshake. I don't have the updated dictionary, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to look that up later. I don't know how I feel about that because I think for the two of us where we are bookworms, we Mm -hmm. do enjoy literature and we do enjoy reading. Mm -hmm. So because currently we've got more of the classics, I think I'll start finding it very hard to absorb terminologies when it starts becoming very casual and very Mm -hmm. molded into how we speak nowadays Mm -hmm. as well. Maybe some... Some parts would be more relatable, but then reading yeah. it is going to be a struggle for me. Really? I don't know. I mean, do you ever do you ever pick up a book and mm-hmm. it's a little too timely and you're just like, oh, I'm really not resonating with this. It's just not sticking a little to my brain. Bit, a little bit. Honestly, I think I feel like that sometimes. And I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe it's not my yeah. thing. Maybe I need to reread it again. Classics. I think if anything, yeah. it's probably classics mm-hmm. because I don't know why. Is it just me? Although they have extremely long sentences. So uh-huh. my brain, because 
you read things in voices, right?、Mm. So my brain would be out of breath by the time I'm trying to reach、uh-huh. the end of the sentences.、Yeah. And then it doesn't help for me is how we always try to read before we watch the movie before、mm-hmm. it gets turned into film adaptations. Yeah. With classics because it's such an opposite、mm-hmm. that it's a little bit hard for、mm-hmm. me to kind of rejig everything、mm-hmm. to go back.、Mm-hmm. So I would need to experiment. With it a bit more because lately I've been reading a little bit more of the self help type books、mm-hmm. or just a little bit of memoir. So it's、mm-hmm. more fluid in terms of a formal conversation、mm-hmm. I'm having with the author. But whereas I'm looking forward to see how when we have more emerging writers and、yeah. see how they try and adapt the way we speak、mm-hmm. in forms of reading. That would be a very interesting term because.、Yeah. The one that I've struggled with the most was Crazy Rich Asians was、uh-huh. a little bit difficult for me to read because okay so I can speak Cantonese and Mandarin right、mm-hmm. and so Cantonese and Mandarin have very different pinyins and、mm-hmm. on top of that when it's set in Singapore slash Malaysia you've got people speaking a sentence where they've meshed everything together right and so it sit well with you no it doesn't because I'll be reading halfway through it's like da 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 and it's like Cantonese or Mandarin and then、mm-hmm. and then next thing. It would be Hokkien. I'm thinking,、uh-huh. I can't think of which Hokkien pronunciation、uh-huh. it is,、uh-huh. and so I'm just curious to know whether I will come across that because I haven't read anything that has ah.、Uh, if you can't make habit, then、mm-hmm. yeah, I've struggled a little bit with that. But then、yeah. afterwards, it's okay.、Uh-huh. So you're more into like the purity of text and you know、Probably. being historically correct and like as opposed to just like a hodgepodge of appropriated、mm. things altogether. Yeah, you can yeah. say probably because. Since English is my second language, and、mm-hmm. so growing up in Australia, where I have to learn the proper grammar, like、mm-hmm. knowing how to write well and all,、mm-hmm. and possibly because I have been writing as a hobby since I was a kid,、yeah. then therefore I'm you can call me a text snob, but then I suck at writing sometimes、yeah. in certain genres. Then that makes me a little、uh-huh. bit more critical about、yeah. the way I would write as well.、Yeah. So. I think, like, well, in contrast to that, I only speak one language, which is English.、Mm-hmm. And so, with your background having like a lot of these languages intersect, and、mm. you kind of like to make sure they're all correct.、Mm. As a person who only speaks English, I kind of enjoy when it's like the opposite, where it's like, just a hodgepodge of things, and it makes no sense, and it <laughs> feels lucid, and it's like, whoa. Yeah. I think I was reading. I didn't finish the book, but that's okay. <laughs>、um, it was George Orwell's nineteen eighty five. Four. Nineteen eighty four. Like and you was one of those. It's okay. It's okay. I haven't. I haven't read it. I、uh-huh. bought it,、uh-huh. but I still need to read it. I like basically just enjoyed how it was like reading English, but in a different way. Like、mm. they just he just like wrote this alternative type of speaking English that I found so fascinating.、Mm. It didn't make sense fully to me, but、Mm-mm. there was just a nice like cadence and aesthetic to the way he put random words. That、yeah. I was so familiar with together. Do you know? Have you watched Donnie Darko? I should. It was on my Netflix thing, but then、yeah. I, I think it, they stopped. So, like going back to the idea of like linguists、yeah. and whatnot, that there's like an aesthetic linguist, like words sound nicer to people、mm. who don't know English, and、mm. so the most aesthetically sounding English phrase is apparently cellar door. So if you said that to someone who speaks a different language, they would say that's the most aesthetic、really? word. Yeah. 
If anybody ever asked me what are some of my favorite words, it's whimsical is one of my favorite mm. words. Uh, alexithemia. You know the, how we talked about that list that describes yes. feelings? So alexithemia yes. is one of them. Ellipsism and mm. obliterate. I don't know why, but there's some complex in the way to pronounce it, but mm. I really like the word obliterate. Mm-hmm. It's very dark, but... Obliterate. Yeah, I know. I should start a list of words that I think are really nice. Mm. I like the word sublime. Mm. I don't hear... It's a, it's a nice word, but I don't yeah. hear many people use it anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's a very, like, romantic, mm. old-timey sort of construct. Mm. And speaking of romance, I think the most bizarre thing that fact that I've ever came across was, you know, how the word awful itself, mm-hmm. it used to be a compliment, not mm-hmm. a pejorative. So awful means forth all. So you're giving somebody <gasps> forth all. Wow. So it's all uh-huh. and then full. So yeah. it's just shortened and put them together. Yeah. That's like the definition of the sublime. Like, sublime is kind of like this awe-inspiring beautiful but terrifying thing mm. so mm. awful yeah I can't unhear it now yeah I'm yeah like, that, that, it doesn't it makes yeah. more sense now but I can't because we always yeah. use it to describe something terrible yeah now. so how did it evolve um, oh my gosh <laughs> I'm just gonna be eating something like this is awful but like it's meant to be really good <laughs> Okay. It makes so much sense. All full, like full of all. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't okay. even know that until I read it. I'm thinking, how uh, did you change from something uh, nice to bad? Uh-huh. So I actually think, speaking of sublime, now that we've gone completely off topic, yeah. we're back to architecture now. <laughs> didn't the phrase have... is very architectural. I'll explain later. Pardon? It's very architectural. That's I'll explain good. later. Okay, later. I look forward to that. Yeah. So basically, we talked about sublime, and I think, didn't you have architecture project that was on sublime or mm, was it my punk buildings one i think so a little bit it was that one's a bit more existential okay which could lead into sublime but continue okay so now that the word itself is very nice sorry the definition completely blanked out in my head Mm -hmm. so can we then i guess going back to memory lane now we've just jumped into the time machine and going back to fourth year for you Mm -hmm. fifth year for me so how was the punk building situation anything you'd like to expand on that i guess Um, and its relationship with the sublime because existential is another very weird black hole Um, conversations oh dear (laughs) well I don't know well I've always been like interested in like Mm. the non-tectonics of architecture and whatnot Mm. but the sublime for example it's well, sub means to be under something, mm-hmm. and whoever coined the word the sublime was referring to an, an arch doorway. Oh. So the arch of the doorway will always be above your head, oh. and so the person always below and looking above. Oh, um, okay. So that's I should probably like know the etymology history of that's that okay. better. That's like okay. it was it, it very much like Wikipedia that. And We're not like, expecting you <laughs> to explain everything because uh-huh. this is just a quick uh-huh. time trip back. Uh-huh. To everything so okay yeah yeah so it will back punk buildings i was interested in boredom and the things that mm. in contrast things that make us inspired mm. or how boredom can also inspire inspiration mm. fun fact the tutor of punk buildings who i also did his class this semester yeah. was also the guy who ran the first year task that we did who yeah, did the negative space yeah so i think it's just like lineage of eduardo just like influencing <laughs> and being like don't worry 
worry about real architecture. Oh, wow. But Uh then architecture school, is it ever really real architecture? It's not. So, like, (laughs) when you get to your, like, final project, I don't know why everyone's kind of like, I want to do a real building. It's like, it's never a real building. No, it's never. I have a feeling, an inkling in me, I still yet to need to go into practice fully, I have a feeling whatever you design, you won't recognize it by the end of it. Like, you'll recognize your hard work in it, Mm -hmm. but you'll never recognize the form that you start off with. Mm -hmm. Because it always goes through revisions, and then, you know, you hand it off to the builder, and then, like, they decide their own decisions, and they make their own decisions. (laughs) And it's like, oh, fantastic. What was the point of me being here? Yeah. I mean... Not me, but, like, other people who, like, I've talked to. And it sucks because it's that idealism of architecture before we're Mm. going in as I said earlier just how my stereotype portrayal of architecture was how the heck do I design skyscrapers mm-hmm. but I just have to mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually mm-hmm. which I don't really know that would be my field but we'll see I don't yeah. know what will happen for our journey yeah. do you think then his theory so going back to how your tutor for your master's project do you think his principles consider that he coordinated our first year course mm-hmm. do you think any of that was resonated in your master's student or is it completely different? Uh, I think I'd have to say yes. It makes sense at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere in between first year and final year, I was doing a bit of everything in the technical mm. sort of studio and like the floor make sorry furniture making development skyscraper type. Mm. And I enjoyed that until I just went back to full circle and went back to the what I was interested in first yeah. year. Yeah, it's the theoretical side for the both of us. We're mm. so I think we did come from a very creative background so a very out there background Mm. in terms of the fine arts area Mm. so it is a little bit difficult for Mm. us to adjust back to the pragmatics of it which I think to some extent is good but then it's a little bit sad because it's so hard for us to convince somebody else that Mm. architecture even though we need to understand the realities of it Mm. we still need to appreciate that there needs to be some kind of creative polity to it which I think sometimes people forget unfortunately we do have to sacrifice because of other pragmatic reasons Mm -hmm. such as budget I guess materiality Mm -hmm. a client just wants what they see on social Mm -hmm. media yeah etc yeah Yeah, it's a full-on like disconnect like Mm -hmm. at one point you have to graduate and kind of relinquish the sort of ego you attained Mm -hmm. and you just kind of like while I am now the monkey of all these (laughs) other people Hmm. but like watching people in practice there are people who thrive off that and kind of like absolutely kill it Hmm. so like I mean I'm not to put down people who design skyscrapers or anything Hmm. but there is an there is an art to being able to survive in that sort of environment yeah which I mean those people aren't like they're not devoid of thinking theoretically, creatively. No, they're not. It just like completely cuts off by the end. It doesn't translate. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no idea if ever architecture will blend the theoretical academic side with the pragmatic mm. built form. I actually like hope it doesn't. I feel like it's. I don't know why. That's okay. I think to add on to that, it's also just understanding how the theory can only work on certain scales. 
because、mm-hmm. buildings or architecture nowadays, the size is increasing,、mm-hmm. and I feel that because we have, to, we are in a growing population, and we need to accommodate different programs because nobody is really pigeonholed into certain programs now. You have、mm-hmm. people having to move from place A to B all the time, and so naturally that gets lost because our the theory is more based on people's habits nowadays、mm-hmm. and their way of living, and I think、mm-hmm. in itself it's nice in that sense because it means that we do have. That freedom to break away from that theoretical side, and、mm. I'm not sure if that's probably the reason why you hope it kind of stays that way. We can't always immerse ourselves in theory because when we get too philosophical, it gets very overwhelming. It does get overwhelming. You don't want to go down that hole. Like there needs to be a firm line where you stop, because、mm-hmm. then it also becomes a bit like selfish and egotistical. Like, yeah. Some studios are like really, you know, we're for the community. You know,、mm. we know, we're putting ourselves. Taking a step back and、mm. like really thinking about what someone else needs, or,、yeah. which is like really great. But then you get some studios that are like, "What am I about?" Like you know,、mm. like like all this kind of sort of selfish things that.、Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to finish that. <laughs> That's okay. It's just more of seeing architecture as an extension of yourself. Yeah. Or the other way of saying it is from the same person who also challenged a tutor during our first week. He also said seeing architecture as it sounds a bit morbid if I say it, a memorial of themselves. Yeah. Do I already know? <laughs> 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 yeah, I think you know him by now. I actually think I've already heard him say it. Actually, I, I'll never see architecture like that. No, I'll never do that. Actually, I've only done it once, where it's for you know how I start writing poems to accompany some of my projects in first year, right?、Mm-hmm. I think I wrote something along the lines of "You'll see me stand very tall towards the very end, and you have no power to step on me whatsoever."、Mm-hmm. So that was what I've written towards、yeah. the end of it. I was just having a bad day, so、uh, I just wrote that、uh, to make sense for it. That's being said, have you been in, in a studio where you think you had to design something that was an extension of yourself, and have you been out of all the ones you've done, have you been in one where you think you had to design it as an extension of itself?、Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, for the rest of the ones, how did you feel about it? Do you think it was very community minded,、mm-hmm. or it was very? It wasn't as selfish, but there were a few things that you'd like to challenge、mm-hmm. from it. Then, give me a second because I have to remember <laughs> all my projects. <laughs> no. Okay. If first year, give me a sec. Okay.、Mm-hmm. Yep. There was, you know, the weird cinema. Then we've got Big West. Yeah. The spatial consequences, and then、mm-hmm. stealth, and then masters was the skyscraper one, and then my last two one was the traveling one. Oh yeah, I forgot about that completely for a second. Yeah, dude, me too. Like, <laughs> I forget that was a uni thing. Like I went to Poland for a month and、mm-hmm. hung out with uni mates. Let's say I think my punk buildings one、mm-hmm. as an extension of my anxieties of like what I think blah 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 blah.、Mm-hmm. It was about boredom, and、yeah. I really like boredom. I think boredom's like everyone needs to be bored to like really understand what they are thinking or、yeah. feeling. It's great if you have an exciting life, really happy for you. But I feel like that's sometimes a little too distracting. It is.、You、really need to take time to think and. 
That's why I love the train. Okay, so I took the train here, which is mm-hmm. a bit weird because, you know, <laughs> I could just drive here. But the train is nice. It's like it, you just set an hour of your day to just think and listen mm. to music or whatever. Mm. Sorry, I didn't really answer your question. No, 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 that's okay. I think that's good to know that it's not selfish, at least, for mm. seeing the extension of yourself. Mm. It's more of challenging some of your viewpoints, which I think mm. is really nice as mm-hmm. well. Then that leaves architecture designing as an extension of yourself kind of a positive note because Mm -hmm. sometimes even though we are being selfish yeah at least it can be benefit for the other people right and then when you have selfish as a really broad term it can range from Mm -hmm. being beneficial to not so beneficial at the same time i mean like not all architecture is exciting like you're Mm. gonna have to design like you know doctors receptionists Mm. like rooms or like Toilets. Or, yeah, toilets. One of them. Toilets are cool. They are cool. There's... Toilets are finicky spaces where you have to really, you know, think about, like, the scale of things, you know. Yes. Like, I remember thinking, like, when I was first drafting a toilet, I'm like, what's a urinal screen? Because, <laughs> like, oh I've never gone to a, a male <laughs> toilet since, like, <laughs> primary school when someone forced me to go in oh, there. Oh, no. So, yeah. yeah, no, toilets are, like, really, really cool spaces. They get so underappreciated, I find. So underappreciated. There was a studio that did that, but we missed out on that. Oh, really? Yeah, third year. It was a third year oh. studio. There's an Instagram page now that we're talking about toilets. You'll really like It's called Toilets A Go-Go. It's it's this oh. Instagram in Japan, and he takes all the funniest, wackiest designs right, of public toilets. Right, right, right. So have a look at that uh, later. <laughs> I think there is, like, a Melbourne-based Instagram account called Places to Poo. I don't mean to be plugging them, but, like, I think they document, like, interesting bathroom spaces. Mm. It's, yeah, I haven't gone on that account for a while, but I just remember it because it's a great, like, idea. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Okay, and then the following up question is, out of all the studios that you've done, have you got one where you feel like it's a perfect balance of being a little bit about yourself uh-huh. and then quite altruistic in a sense? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd say Big West. Yeah, I thought you might say that. Because, I mean, it was very pragmatic. We were building furniture pieces mm-hmm. in, in collaboration with this like house thing Mm. but then it was also had a cultural element to it that like really made you think about your own culture Mm. like actually I didn't think about that the cultural aspect of it yes like if it was designing furniture pieces for like I don't know I don't know a coffee cart in Southern Cross or something Mm. it that's like super like pragmatic that's Mm -hmm. super like everyone needs it everyone uses it but like Mm. we really looked to like Asian culture and ethnicity and like Footscray as a scene also like love Footscray from the west so I think that was (laughs) the best combination of the two worlds Mm, that was nice yeah I think what made me really happy was it was where I started to discover what I really wanted to do in architecture Mm-hmm. for my career where it was the right combination of being an installation in its mm-hmm. own right mm-hmm. and then being very community minded and there was a lot of public engagement which mm-hmm. I loved yeah. that part of it yeah. and I would love to do more projects like that because mm-hmm. I feel the nice thing about architecture school is that you can be as creative as you want but what I would love it even more if there was better engagement with the real world because mm-hmm. I think that as you said the ego right we yeah. become so enclosed and boxed in into our own little cohort that sometimes Mm -hmm. we do get a little bit big-headed I don't know about you but I feel Mm -hmm. I get 
a For little sure. bit cocky. Yeah, when you I, just like, listen to yourself and you're like, what am I saying? I like, in the middle of a crit, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> don't ever say that again. Yeah, even just sometimes when I'm critting other people, like, when I get kindly invited to be a guest critter, I'm sometimes thinking to myself, do I have the right to talk about these things? Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you've got to the thing right. I was saying, like, architects get to, or at least students, yeah, get yeah, to yeah. feel like they can reap an entire, like, history of things that have already existed and then, like, repurpose it for their own, like, project, mm-hmm. which is basically things that were due this week. Yeah. That's super weird. And then getting precedence and then uh-huh. unknowingly somehow, I still, I won't forget how my first Timber mm-hmm. model, right, mm-hmm. when I did it, and then she said, oh, yeah, have a look at the Farnsworth house in Barcelona Pavilion. And I looked at it and I'm thinking, excuse me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what wow. Did, excuse me, what did, how did that happen? I did uh-huh. not copy anybody, uh-huh. but it was uh-huh. just, the resemblance was uncanny and you're thinking, did I see it by accident or yeah. did it just happen? Uh-huh. So you just try to go through all your memory or yeah. like even your search history wondering did I actually look at this and this popped in I think the same for me for like the capsule tower like I literally I don't know subconsciously just drew it up and then someone was like you should look at the capsule tower and I was like oh maybe I accidentally just you know copied something that existed (laughs) and put it up on the wall and said it was mine how dare I (laughs) it's like the irony is that it happens in fashion a lot, and the both of us did want to grow into fashion. So yes, yes, yes. Perhaps that's totally true. Yeah, and yeah. so I think that got into our roots somehow, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. that reappeared in our mm-hmm. projects. Okay, and then going back to the weirdness side of projects, I'm just gonna keep reaping out different yeah. questions, different trivia's. Mm-hmm. Okay, then what's the wackiest thing that you have to design in your art studio, like in your architecture studio? wackiest thing I had to design mm-hmm. oh man, oh, man. <laughs> I know what it is <laughs> I have two in my head that I think you might say I'm just curious to know if it will, if one of them was correct so then one of them is the apparatus I did for Fletcher's spatial consequences of architecture I thought you would say that yeah I yeah, thought yeah. you would uh-huh. a studio like that it was by far the most conceptual and mm-hmm. theoretical mm. but and I, like, did not enjoy any of it at the time. <laughs> yeah. But it was the most beneficial. Yep. Yeah, because you always go back to it. For some reason, it just it seeps into your work. The title makes sense, though, mm-hmm. of the studio, yeah. Spatial Consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, basically, I designed this weird puppet hand thing. Mm. and tried to use the apparatus to trick our brains for some reason that I cannot justify. But mm. nonetheless, I think the reasoning's there somewhere. Yeah. And it's super weird. <laughs> what was the other one you were thinking of? I thought it was that... I remember... I will never forget your design process for this one, but you said 2 a.m. and looking at optical illusions. Oh, And you yes. were delirious by then, I think. Yes, yes, yes. So I thought that would be another wacky one. Uh-huh. Yeah, look, that building had people walking upside down, so <laughs> <laughs> it was completely okay to say people were walking upside down. Mm. This is a weird memory lane. What have I done for the past six years? Trust me, I sometimes look back at my folio works because you mm-hmm. still like when you submit a folio, it's mm-hmm. always taking your best work, and then somehow in the back of your mind, you forget some of them when you look mm-hmm. at it and you're like, oh, hello. Mm-hmm. I, d- I did not realize my brain actually went in that direction for a while. Yeah. 
But thank God architecture is a space that you can exercise that part of your brain. Like, I don't even know what I would do if I wasn't in architecture. I genuinely don't know what, what else would satisfy the things I want to come across and learn. Mm. Mm. I used to say this when I first started doing architecture because my dad was actually making jokes about whether I will find it too hard and transfer out of architecture. Mm-hmm. Which is ironic because because he, he took him so long where he just looks at me and then one day in second year he just said, you actually have to work very hard in architecture. And I'm thinking, I think oh you gosh. have to work hard in everything, but uh-huh. sure. Uh-huh. But I remember saying to somebody, I th- said, I think I'm in the right place because yeah. if I don't think about, oh, why didn't I do this mm-hmm. instead, then mm-hmm. I think, yeah, architecture is really for both of us. Mm-hmm. I think it just, it grows on you if you're willing to persist through it and if yeah. you keep an open mind. Whereas if you're still sticking with that stereotype or the association that architecture will always be designing buildings as per se, then it's very hard for you to navigate throughout Mm. architecture school or at least, as you say, exercise your mind to understand different spaces. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Another thing is like, I'm kind of curious. I'd love to see some sort of statistic in architecture school Mm. of how many people pull all-nighters Mm. as in like because for some reason it's a twisted it's a twisted thing where like if you pull an all-nighter you're like somehow working harder and you know you're dedicating more time Mm. it's a toxic thing to think of yeah for sure but and then you kind of wear it like a badge of honor for some reason and I think that yeah I don't know it's like I don't know why I was talking about. That's okay. All-nighters. I think all nighters. It's in itself. It is the education because we are going back to memory lane. Mm. And I think one of the comments that we used to get a lot is how people joke about sleep is for mm. the week. At least one of my best friends did, mm. and I was just look at him thinking, "Can you please just shut sleep up?" Sleep when you're dead. No thanks. I'll sleep now. Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying sleep. I always prioritize sleep over mm-hmm. anything. If mm-hmm. there is the reason why I'm always stressed at three a.m. is because I'm not going to sleep the amount mm-hmm. of hours I want, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to do well the next day Mm -hmm. because I remember on that mid-semester and second semester Mm -hmm. of first year I remember Mm -hmm. I was like holding my hands together and the whole time I was stuttering and slurring my Mm -hmm. speeches and I was shaking Mm -hmm. and I said to myself I'm not putting myself at that position again Mm -hmm. and here's the thing guys if you ever see a brief that tells you to do everything it's okay to challenge it I Mm -hmm. for one decide to do everything and therefore cost them my whole my whole mentality for it Kim (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) I still had sleep two hours but at the same time Uh. I because the thing is I never like getting into trouble I have this internal fear of always being yelled at which yeah. you just have to accept mm-hmm. it's gonna happen but mm-hmm. so for me I was just thinking at that point I still haven't learned to do things really for myself it was mm-hmm. more about always pleasing the tutor Satisfy. and such yeah. which is really sad because mm-hmm. nobody should need to feel that mm-hmm. way and mm-hmm. I just still did a lot of us will mm-hmm. still do and so that's why I did all of that mm-hmm. I mean I did okay in the end so I'm not gonna yeah. lie but at the uh-huh. same time part of me just think ah crud yeah I think it's like a really powerful thing if you can look at a set of tasks and think this is irrelevant to what I want to achieve and I'm mm-hmm. going to retweak this to work for myself mm-hmm. that takes a lot of time to realize that some people don't do you think you've realized that or are you still the person who like tries to tick all the the tasks on the list I think I was very proud of myself when in my folio page for my final project, I had a page that says justification on why I think my project should stay uh-huh, like this uh-huh. instead of that. Yeah. So I had all my evidence documented and mm-hmm. I was thinking, hold on a second. I mean, I get it would be nice to have a larger variety of different curational concepts, mm-hmm. but why am I adding a lot of things when I want this to be very simple? 
Mm. And if I stand by it, then mm. I should try to unstand by it because it is my final project. Yeah. I mean, there are some instances where I wish I pushed myself further when I mm-hmm. had the freedom, being given the freedom of my own brief. So fifth year, that was only I think that was the year that I've worked the hardest on. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think looking back at all my series, my favorite one was third year where I had to do designing for a specific culture. So I ended up oh, designing. I was super jealous of your class. It was a good class. It was yeah. good. We had an amazing community. I love mm-hmm. all my friends that mm-hmm. was in that class. Mm-hmm. I really liked that we all got along and very was very supportive of yeah. each other which I completely support that mm-hmm. and I think what I did agree with my friend she was my crit back then but then we studied masters together mm-hmm. so then it became really nice to hear what she thought she said you could have pushed yourself a little bit more I'm looking back at it I am this t- I think for me I am quite impulsive sometimes so I am always thinking no matter what at the end of the day for some reason time is somehow embedded as my main client Mm-hmm. on anything else so deadlines wow. is always to me the absolute importance yeah just being on time that's why I was freaking out today mm-hmm. I'm like I'm gonna be late this is oh, not I, good I feel that don't worry yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah, so yeah. I'm always very keen to make sure I by the time it's deadline I'm all clean I'm mm-hmm. all set I can mm-hmm. take a breather mm-hmm. and I hate last minute mm-hmm. stuff and so I think for that project because I was already enjoying the process as it was mm-hmm. back then that I was satisfied yeah but I think looking back at it I'm like, mm-hmm. I should have done a few more things that would have been yeah. so good it blew my mind when I realized this semester that people are like consciously okay with submitting things late mm. like I was in a conversation with two other people and this other girl was like yeah I've never submitted anything on time like I just like do it after and I just take that 10% and like she's a fantastic student yeah, and I was yeah, like yeah. wow that has never occurred to me once oh. that has never occurred to me once I think that's just a a you and me probably and then okay side note then do you think it's because for us we've always grown up having to make sure everything is done immaculately Mm. so for example given our ethnicity Uh just to simply put yeah do you think that has impacted us on the way we want to do well because I'm not sure for you if grades was a thing because for me even though grades shouldn't matter it still mattered to me a lot yeah 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 so I think Uh for us it was more like Oh, yeah, we have sure. to keep up with the marks uh-huh. and such. And uh, there was like no other way to measure your <laughs> smartness or ability. Which so is much silly. for that. Uh-huh. And and yeah, it's just it is hard. You can't get away from the mark system as well. But then the thing is, I think speaking to my friend this year when we were discussing about students who have certain circumstances, they needed to ask for special consideration. Mm-hmm. And I said that as much as I want to be sympathetic and empathetic to them, I want them to still do well. And then he says, you can do that. You can be sympathetic and empathetic towards them. But that doesn't mean your standards for them should falter. Mm. And I think for us, the reason why when we are really precious about timelines is because we want to still, as much as we're respecting the clients, but we still need to respect ourselves as Mm. in we need to show the proof that we are diligent in what Mm -hmm. we do and Mm -hmm. that we are proud of what we do, which Mm -hmm. is why we want to submit it on time. Mm -hmm. And I think my friend to me back in one of the exhibition setups, she said to me, because both of us finish things on time, we're relatively good with time management. And I think the other people in our class 
house. They were just getting things wrapped up and finished. And I just said, I'm sure it's okay because I can understand where they're coming from. Like everybody's stressed and therefore yeah. there's a lot of panic in the air. And she said, but it's not fair for both of us when we comply with the standards that has yeah. been set for everybody else. Uh-huh. And so I think gave me a little bit of validation in yeah. that sense that as much as we want to feel sorry for other people or mm-hmm. at least be sympathetic for other people, yeah, it makes sense. We mm-hmm. still need to stand by our standards. And yeah. if being on time is our standards, then mm-hmm. good on us. And then if people's standards are mm-hmm. like not being on time, then mm-hmm. okay, if that's your principle... That's fine. What if you're in a group assignment? Oh, no, that's so hard. Because you know what happens is we're on time and, you know, we're very empathetic people. Yeah. And then we end up taking up more workload. Oh, no. This is one of my most terrified interview questions. What happens if you have a group member who you don't get Uh along? This is what I've been doing. I remember it took me a long time to build up to a point where I nearly exploded at them. Mm. Thankfully, that Mm -hmm. didn't happen. Basically, what happened is that I approached him. I said, look, I need to know, is everything okay? Because before you jump the gun and say that you're being a terrible, terrible group member, there has to be some reason why Mm. they're not contributing work. Mm. And it's okay if they don't want to disclose it. But I would appreciate if they said that. Yeah, that's so important. Unfortunately, I'm just going through a few things a little Mm. bit rough. I might not be the best. And I know Mm. there's a lot of pride involved and a lot of ego shattering involved and a lot of humility. It's like feeling embarrassed and being humiliated Mm. about it. So Mm. I completely understand understand yeah so that's where I step in and I would just say look is everything okay yeah and then afterwards if they said yeah yeah, I'll get it if Mm -hmm. somebody is completely fine so yeah nothing is wrong I'll promise I'll get it done Mm -hmm. nothing gets done that's when I go into switch to phase two Mm -hmm. where I'll just say look I need to understand why you're doing this you have to understand that you also have a responsibility in the group because in the real world everywhere you do is a group work Mm -hmm. even if we work by ourselves we still have to approach other people to collaborate with and you have to understand that yeah. And I remember I calling him. I'm like, you need to give me this now. I'm yeah. not costing my own stress. I do not want to waste my health yeah. on worrying about whether we're going to get so done. so bad. Like a real like problem. Like I've had some similar situations where I kind of understand what their situation is. Yeah. And then I think you can like probably relate to this. Yeah. Where like because you want to kind of make everything good to your standards mm-hmm. that you kind of are like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You focus on your own thing Mm. I'll collect some of your workload yeah and then kind of do part of the assignment or Mm -hmm. part of what their share should be Mm -hmm. and then you kind of think you just get like so angry at yourself but you can't like give it back no you can't and then the worst thing is if everybody gets the same marks yes if everybody gets this it's okay it's okay (laughs) completely fine if if the worst part is if everybody gets the same mark that's even more frustrating Uh even though marks should not matter but at the same time you're like to the truth have you been paying attention to us Uh and then there's the other conflict is do you want to tell on them because Mm -hmm. you don't want to sound like a terrible person no I can't either no but at least that person at that time where I had a bit of conflict with where I said look you really need to contribute because it's Mm -hmm. not going to go anywhere he actually did say to me after the presentation he says you taught me something very important about group work because I never saw it as a priority at all I mean oh yeah 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 what yeah yeah. I will never (laughs) forget that and I'm just thinking I'm grateful that you Uh told me because yeah then that leaves me lesson that next time I know how to communicate better with those people Uh who doesn't see group work as their priority Uh which at least he told me so that was fun but then for me the worst part is I have let this go but when you catch 
I'm lying. Oh, that really, I really... would be throwing arms. Yeah, <laughs> no, I would be, and that I know that would make me cry. <laughs> yeah, I nearly lost it. Where I remember they were absent for one period of time, and we needed everybody on deck. Mm-hmm. And then they told me that they were just going through a few things, just a little bit busy with work and such. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's completely fine, completely understand. Mm-hmm. As long as you can contribute in some way, that would be great. Because they had just a few side projects, and that's fine. And then side they, projects as in their own personal projects? No, no, work? still work related. Okay. And then afterwards, they also did say that they did contribute to the initial stages of it. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you're borderline okay on it mm-hmm. because the two people who were in the initial stages were still doing most of the teamwork mm-hmm. as well and helping out and all. And then next, you know, I, I find their group project partner because we were just taking transport to uni at the same yeah. time. And then yeah. they were like to me, but they say that they were helping you out through the project. Oh, and oh my they, God. And the fact that because I was there the whole yeah, time for sure. and then they were not there it just made me wonder like oh, oh no please God. don't do this to me it's really bad yeah I'm sure they've grown out of it I'm just maybe like, not I don't know I don't know maybe <laughs> Sorry. not I don't know I'm just gonna give them the benefit of the doubt today because uh, positive vibes for the time being yeah but please don't lie just oh. please don't it's really not worth it because I know it does catch up to you one day what did you do like I just became a little bit colder on them. I just I just lost a little bit of respect for them. Uh-huh. I just couldn't I just don't feel really good and I feel a little bit weary of them, uh-huh. especially when I hear that my friends are also teaming up with them yeah. because they actually went through a very similar journey mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. we had, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's okay because we all have to experience different things because yeah. everybody we meet is a lesson to mm-hmm. learn. So now the main challenge for me is how do I learn to communicate? slash confront Mm -hmm. with people in those types of situations. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like, as a person who's a bit, like, passive, I don't like to take control, like, in Mm -mm. any way at all. I'd much rather listen and observe. Sometimes you just have to kind of come off as a bitch sometimes and Mm. like just set the standards of this is the bare minimum that we need to achieve I know like uni is not a real project or anything Mm -hmm. but like that teaches you to kind of foresee certain problems and then so that you have time to deal with it Mm. and one thing is like I don't like to tell people what to do but Mm. sometimes in that situation it's completely valid you kind of have to like you have to guilt trip them. Yeah. Guilt trip them. Don't make them feel like you're willing to take on mm. all the responsibility. It's not worth it. Yeah. There's so many stories of that and like you said, it's going to it's going to happen all the time. Mm. But do you reckon that really happens in practice? Like someone doesn't, because everyone has to be their nine to five, whereas uni is a bit lax. Like it is different. You can really choose where you want to be. Yeah, I don't know if you've been in a situation where it's similar, yeah. but the thing that uni hasn't fully taught us in the architecture education is great. We now know types of different personalities, mm. but we'll never know that group work in reality is very different to group work in uni, as mm. you said. So I'll be doing one task. So the closest thing I could say is that it is group work for me because I'll be doing one task focusing being delegated the task and then Mm -hmm. go report back to the team leader Mm -hmm. and then he will help me give me some comments and I'll take it back if there's anything else I'll just ask colleagues Mm -hmm. who sits on either Mm -hmm. side for Mm -hmm. assistance as Mm -hmm. well so that's my perception of teamwork unless I have been very fortunate enough where I've been placed in a culture at that work culture at that time where everybody's very supportive Mm -hmm. then we're lucky that I'm very fortunate that we haven't experienced that yet Mm -hmm. however there are times there 
there is a level of stress and when there is a little bit of unease and especially in terms of having competition right now Mm -hmm. because ultimately the environment we had in high school is very different to how we interact with some of our colleagues in uni as well and that's going to be the same at the workplace Mm -hmm. so I think that to go back to your question if I remember correctly Mm -hmm. is asking whether you think that happens in the workplace it might but we just don't know when it could be on very understandable circumstances Uh where situations just brings out the worst in us otherwise when somebody just disappears one day Mm. without any explanation of Mm -hmm. some sorts because that did happen to us the person we generally turn to suddenly just disappeared yeah and that threw us in a huge spiral but we'll always make it out some way yeah with a There'll be a little bit of resentment of some sort, Mm. but we'll just have to fight through it because we can't mature and we don't go through Mm. these negative Mm. experiences. I guess there's a luxury in workplace where you can hand off tasks. Mm. If you can't do something, you're allowed to say, oh, this is too much work, it's overloading, and then Mm. there's actually someone's job to, like, resource to, to someone else so that makes me I feel like that unique experience of someone not pulling their weight won't happen too much yeah it probably won't yeah who knows because it might not work in your office environment but then mm. when you have to collaborate with other people so oh, your yeah. external Engineers teams right? and what okay that's a very good point yeah and then yeah. we will probably experience that because mm. we are still relatively sheltered at mm. the stage of our lives we mm. are at right now but yeah. then when we're moving to wider places is we're definitely going to be more exposed to different personalities because the things I hear from my mom's mm. work from A to B it's very different as well as to my dad's workplace from A to B as well mm-hmm. so we'll see hopefully fingers crossed by then people are relatively civil mm-hmm. enough and that we are all responsible adults yes. and that we'll be able to do that but we will be prepared for that at least yeah for sure it's true. I can think of some situations where, like, certain people you're emailing with aren't pulling their weight. Mm. But then again, there's luxury of time. Like, uni has deadlines. Mm. Sometimes you can really push deadlines in the real world. Yeah. And things go over time. Almost everything goes over time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think mm. if there's one thing that I have learned now, now that I've finished uni, mm-hmm. and then working in different types of creative fields, is that mm-hmm. you have to learn learn to deal with disappointment because mm, now nice. that you've said that if it's different to the workplace so what is your standard that you have to be expected in your workplace mm. versus the realities of it because everybody's going to be working off different standards yeah. right mm-hmm. so I remember when I first started my first job overseas it was I just kept thinking I'm not doing enough I need to mm. keep pushing and keep pushing but they said it's okay you're doing really well but yeah. It's hard because you see other people who are more senior than you are still struggling, but you're just wondering, so who should I look up to? Yeah. And because it was a small team, it oh. was very hard for me to find the like finish line, or not yeah. finish line, but the goal line. Uh-huh. And it was very hard. And so that standard is completely thrown out of the window, and I uh-huh. don't really know what's going on, right? And then yeah. similar to tutoring, your standards that you have were expected of us back in first year. Mm-hmm. And it's so different now because it has been years for us both Mm -hmm. of us Mm -hmm. it's completely different and Mm -hmm. that's something you have to learn to wrestle with what do you mean by it's completely different so as in oh i don't know who's going to be listening to this the amount of Um, the qual the amount of work to be produced the output i don't know (laughs) i don't know it has been five and six years for us so 
to for us to look back to our first year work is to be yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. the amount of knowledge we build up over time will definitely change the standards. And to bring ourselves back down is not the easiest thing mm. to do. Mm. So, do I you don't know. deal with disappointment? No, no, it's okay. With like the students that you teach, mm. where like for example, you you give them an, a piece of advice or like mm. a precedent to look at, and mm. then they come next week clearly ignoring all your stuff, and you're like, "Come on, man, mm. does that happen?" No, actually, I don't know how to describe it. So I think this will eventually happen to all of us at one point, and we just need to hopefully realize it as soon as we can. Yeah. But when somebody talks about the idea, because we are visual people, we'll definitely think of the grand plans that they. Yeah. Have in their heads, right? Uh-huh. So I'll be thinking. So example A: somebody decides to design a building for a mermaid. So I'll be like, okay, that's really cool. So a lot of water related, a lot yeah. of tubes for her to swim through to places to places. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I will see that. So I'll have that perceived in my head. I'm just like, yeah, you can do this, this A, B, C, and D. Yeah. And then they come in with a complete different types of like one, two, three, four. I'm thinking uh, that's not what I had in mind, but we'll but work. like you do you. Like yeah. you know, they probably have their own sort of hopes and dreams for this project. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you'll and it's great because then that means they'll always teach me something and hopefully. Oh. I can yes. teach you something. Of course. So that's why I really enjoy teaching in that aspect is because we can exchange ideas, right? Uh-huh. And I think it's hard because sometimes when you're so invested, it comes down to how invested you are in the students' yeah. projects because at the end of the day, you have to realize as much as the studio, overall studio, is a reflection of how you teach, you still have to know it starts at some point because mm-hmm. the rest depends on the students' independence and yeah. their determination yeah. and goals. So it did take me around three mm-hmm. weeks to probably mm-hmm. understand that standards will never be the same yeah yeah but for the rest of it it's just more like have you reached your own goals the first question I think we asked at the start of the semester was what do you hope to get out of from this semester Mm -hmm. and that way by the end of it it's easier for us because then when looking at their follows we know that okay do you think you've accomplished the goals you wanted to achieve Mm. and if that has Mm -hmm. great I'm happy for you because Mm -hmm. even if the crits give you all this feedback of what you can do I'll be just sitting here and thinking I'm okay I'm still taking in what you guys are saying Mm -hmm. but I'm just happy you accomplished what you wanted yeah 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 you just kind of have to trust that you know they're applying themselves and and not just taking this whole thing for granted yeah 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 and some do but they don't realize it and some just due to circumstances they struggle to right Mm. and you just have to accept that at the end of day as my partner has told me who who I was assisting said you can only do so much and that hopefully will lessen the Mm. level of dealing with disappointment (laughs) I'm just we should rephrase disappointment. No. Maybe like it's such a pejorative term, which sucks. Uh huh. Uh huh. Maybe how do I say? Unmet expectations. Unmet or... surprise. Or yeah, like an element of surprise. Yeah, 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 yeah. element of surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of like a segue. Like it kind of took a different turn. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mind because he did make a point where you'll meet three or four types of people. One who does consistently well throughout mm-hmm. the semester, mm-hmm. which we did have, and then one who does exceptionally well at the semester but crashes and burns because mm-hmm. they burn out and we know some of those types of people and then we've got people who are struggling at the start of semester that excels towards the end Uh, and then you've got those who just refuses to listen whatsoever yeah so four types of people interesting and that's just something you have to be prepared for yeah 
So that's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to close things off, do you have any comments or questions you'd like to go off from? Because I'd love to have you back on again. Yeah, this was really fun. That's good. I'm glad you enjoyed uh, it. Do you have any comments or questions? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, but like, I, I'd say that you never stop thinking about architecture. That's so true. It really like, sucks in some ways. You, re- you really don't. You don't leave it behind for some reason. Mm. Yeah. Like that quote we were talking about earlier in your kitchen, mm-hmm. the humans of New York. Mm-hmm. Good luck trying to get away from architecture because like, you can try. Somebody has tried mm. to argue with me on that, mm. saying that, what about forests? I was going to say, Nature. yeah, like my one place where I can not think about architecture is Hawaii good on you for that yeah like when I go there I'm like I don't care about buildings whatever (laughs) I just want to like be in the sand and the water but yeah yeah. I will tell you what my response is but we'll save that for another time anyways thanks for today thank you for having me no worries and if you guys have any other comments or any other topics you'd like us to discuss please feel free to let us know Mm -hmm. and we look forward to seeing you in another episode thank you thanks